Jesus, Jesus, so lonely. Chicago, how about that? <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Wow. We are so glad that you are here and a part of what God is doing this day. Thank you so much for being a part. We're looking forward. We're going we're gonna to sing some Christmas carols. We're going to talk about Jesus, the hope that we have, and we're going to light some candles, and it's going to be a great time together. So... Yeah, just thank you. Thank you for being a part. Listen, I'm going to look to the Lord right now. Will you join me? Here we go. Father, this time, wow, we just say thank you so much for letting us be a part, Lord, of this great celebration. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the hope that we have, God, which we didn't. And now we do as we understand who he is and who we are in him. Thank you so much for the hope found in Jesus. And we ask God your blessing over this Christmas Eve service. We would pray, God, just see these next, um, just this short while we're together, God, that we would be encouragers one to another just to get our hearts aligned with the reason for the season. And we just celebrate again the name of Jesus above every name. And it's his mighty name we pray it all. Amen. 
Well, good morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's stand. We're going to have the biggest family sing-along right now. Two carols, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Joy to the World. Let's sing them. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn King, Peace on earth and mercy Reconcile, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Heart the herald angels sing. By highest heaven adore Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. church hail the heaven born prince of peace hail the son of righteousness light and life to all he brings risen with healing in his wings mild he lays his glory Joy, 
sing it out now. He rules. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love everybody how are we doing are we ready to go this Christmas Eve okay here's what we're gonna do if you were coming in here a little bit late I've got something special for you and we're gonna take it from the top there is this song Jesus oh what a wonderful child and if you were in here late you're in for a treat you guys ready you are not ready I said are you ready here we go Monica and team let's go come on Jesus
Now, Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay, I want you to get to know each other. We're going to do it in a really fun way. It's called Who in the World Are You? It's been a big week. You're kind of tired. So we're not going to make you introduce yourself to more than two people that you've never met before, but you got to go for two and answer this question that's up on the screen. I get my Christmas shopping done four options. Number one, summer. Some actually do that. Number two, after Thanksgiving Day. Number three, the week before Christmas, or number four, Christmas Eve, as soon as the service is over. What's your answer? One, two, three, or four. Get your answer. Introduce yourself to two people right now. Here we go.
is born. The reading is from Luke 2, 1 through 14. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This censor first took place while Quintus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house, he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, 
a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, Woo! praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Oh, come, let us adore creation, it is mind-blowing. It is inconceivable that there is not only intelligent design, but that there is a great God who loves us immensely. So we give you thanks today, God. On this Christmas Eve, I just want to tell you, Lord, it's good for us to have family. It's good for me to have our family in town. It's good to know that we can stop, give honor where honor is due. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. You can all have a seat. Hope is born. Hope is born. 
Some might even say it would make a good title for a Hallmark film. It might. But hope is more than a feeling or an emotion. Hope is a person. And what he came to give us is powerful. You know, your life is shaped by those closest to you. Have you noticed that to be true? Got a lot of families together here, and a lot of young people probably have thought, boy, when I grow up and get older, I don't know that I want to be a lot like my mom and dad with all their crazy idiosyncrasies and stuff. And then you get older and you find out, man, I'm a lot like my mom and dad with all their idiosyncrasies and stuff. We got it all. Life is shaped by those closest to you. A couple of weeks ago, I gave a picture of a couple of men that are really close to me. It's my dad and granddad. There they are. There they are in Berkeley, California. That's my dad there, obviously, on the left. Young man. As I was a boy growing up, he was a giant of a man. Big Swedish boy. My granddad, quite a guy, man. An immigrant. They're both Joseph Emanuel Clausen. Incredible, guys. When I was growing up, my dad used to always tell me, he said, Carl, if your grandpa was here, he'd just love to see what you're doing right now. Oh, Carl, grandpa would love what you're up to right now. And then on February 11th of 1984, my dad called me and said, oh, grandpa, he must be celebrating in heaven right now. Those are incredible guys. No man is perfect. But my dad was one of the top drawer, top shelf men you'll ever meet in your life. I had the privilege of speaking at his memorial this summer. He went home to be with the Lord at 95 years of age. He stormed into heaven. He ran well. This race of faith. Do you ever wonder why you're here today? Could it be that we look back one day and see the prayers of parents, grandparents, great-grandparents that are fulfilling God's greater purpose for our life? Oh, yeah. Well, not only is your life shaped by those closest to you, your life can be profoundly shaped by God if you let him. It's one of the most amazing truths of all of Scripture and what I've experienced myself. This God, who seemed so far off, came as a man, a God-man, Jesus. And boy, we can be shaped by him was in Jeremiah 18 and the Lord just laid on my heart this is where we got to go this morning so I want to leap off in the prophet Jeremiah who spoke some words that are so powerful listen to what it says Jeremiah 18 verses 1 and 2 the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord arise and go to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words and Jeremiah was an incredible prophet Tradition says that Jeremiah was stoned to death. To be a, to death, uh, to be a prophet would have been a high price to pay. 
but an incredible man of God. So he went to the potter's house. We find this in verse 3 and 4. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at a wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled into the potter's hands. So it's kind of like when I was a fifth grader and I had my first time on a potter's wheel. And I got my hands around it. And moving that from a clump to something usable was just kind of an amazing experience. That's what the potter was doing. And then in Jeremiah 18, 5 and 6, we find these words. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord, behold, like clay in the potter's hands, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. Now I want to tell you something today. I don't know how this is going to hit you, but I need everyone listening to me really closely right now. God wants to get his hands on you he does now a lot of us imagine God and we're like I don't know if I want him having his hands on me so how do we know the character of God this is how we know the character of God in John 3 16 and my favorite verse 17 look at what we find for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. People's perception of Jesus is flawed. And the only condemnation that Jesus held out for anyone was the religious elite that thought they were above others and wanted to heap heavy loads of onerous religious activity on people that they themselves were unwilling to carry. That's the only ones that Jesus condemned, religious folk. He loved the rest through and through. But then Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the payoff. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. What's this mean? Grace means God's power to do in us what we cannot do in ourselves, and we take hold of it by faith in God. And a lot of theologians have debated, well, what do we bring to the table? The closest thing that we can find that we bring to the table is a broken and contrite heart and knees bowed low that say, I'm not God, you are. Put your hands on me. Take my life. And everything can change. But it gets better. Because verse 10 of Ephesians 2 is the most powerful. Look at what Paul writes. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm hoping what I'm about to tell you blows your mind. There are two times this word for workmanship is used in the New Testament, only twice. The Greek word is poiema. Poiema 
is a description of the handiwork of God. It's as if he takes all of us in his love and throws us like a clump of clay onto a wheel and begins to turn and mold and shape our lives. And you might say, Carl, how do you know that? I know that because what we find in Romans 1.20, it's not going to be on the screen. Let me read it to you. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what he has made. What he has made. Four words in the English that are the one Greek word, poema. Hold it. you got to be kidding me. We are without excuse because, Paul says in Romans 1.20, we look to the heavens and we see the stars and we look at the mountains and we see the streams and we look at life. And he says, I'm screaming your name. This God who created Poema, the earth, wants to get his hands on you. Workmanship created to do good things. So what's going on in the universe? Check out this slide. Just a sliver of the universe. Just a sliver. And let me tell you some facts. The sun, the nearest star that we have, is 109 times the diameter of Earth. It's so large that Earth could fit into the sun 1,300,000 times and never touch itself. The closest star other than the sun is Alpha Centauri. You know how far away it is? 4.2 light years if you travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second. In 4.2 years, you'll make it to Alpha Centauri. He wants to get his hands on you. The Milky Way, our galaxy, large spiral-shaped system consisting of several hundred million billion stars. Astronomers are conflicted on this one. It's somewhere between 100 million to 4 to 500 billion, 100 billion to 500 billion stars just in the Milky Way. We don't know for sure. That may sound like a lot, but it's nothing compared to the galaxy with the most stars in the universe. They've affectionately named it IC1101. Which has a mind-blowing, ready for this, 100 trillion stars in that galaxy. But there's estimated to be between 100 and 200 million galaxies more. Wow. There are 10 times more stars in the night sky than grains of sand on our entire earth. They estimate 
76 trillion stars being visible from Earth through a telescope, and we only see 5% of the universe. 76 trillion is this. Seven, zero, 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 zero. And he wants to get his hands on you. Neutron stars are maybe my favorite. They come into being with what's called supernovas, these explosions of these stars. It's actually a, a, a massive density that cannot contain itself any longer, and these supernovas explode, and they create these neutron stars into being massive stars. But the density of these stars is unfathomable. You cannot get your brain around this. Millions times the gravity that we have here on Earth. And the density, experts say and estimate, a single teaspoon worth of one little part of a neutron star would weigh one billion tons. A teaspoon. How much would an entire one weigh? Space.com and the astronomers said it's too much to get your mind around. But maybe the most amazing thing about neutron stars is that when they explode from that supernova, they go into a spinning motion. And you ready for this? These neutron stars spin 43,000 times a second. And he wants to get his hands on you. I think one of the funnest ones that I've ever discovered is this picture right here. That right there was discovered in 2011. They haven't named it yet. Hard to come up with a name. Astronomers found an enormous water vapor, and this is it. It's a vapor cloud, and it is 12 billion light years from Earth. And it holds, ready for this, 140 trillion times the amount of water that is contained in all of our Earth's oceans. And he wants to get his hands on you. God wants to get his hands on you and profoundly shape you into something beautiful. And you might say right now, what can we do about that? One thing. Humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand 
the God who holds these stars in space, stop swiping right, stop swiping left, stop YouTube reeling up, and go outside and really ask yourself, have I underestimated the love and power of God seen through his son, Jesus Christ? He wants to get his hands on you. He understands our pain, sorrow, hopes, dreams. He's been there. Better than that, he's been here. Hope is born. Hope is born. Is there an image for this? Maybe this will help us to get a bit of an earthly idea of an incredible God who loves you so much. He wants his hands on you. Can I tell you that Jesus got his hands on me once, February 11th of 1984. And I love to tell the story about how God set me free from all kinds of junk. But let me tell you the best part of my story. God still has his hands on me. And sometimes I try to jump off the wheel, but God says, come on back, Carl. I want to shape you, guide you, change you, and direct you. And he wants that for every one of you. Don't let the wisdom of man seem greater than the wisdom of God. It will keep you from his hands. I'm going to throw a curveball here, but we're going to sing that God is worthy of everything. You are worthy of it all. Yes, you are. From you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You're worthy, you're worthy of it all.
Cleo, if you'll hand me mine. Thank you, sister. Now, I don't want you to take this little, and you can all stand to your feet because we're going to do something really fun here in a moment. I don't want you to take that green little piece of paper off of there. I've got an assignment for you. This week, sometime between now and New Year's, I want you to get alone with God. You ready for this? Five minutes. That's it. Five minutes before the God of neutron stars. Okay. <laughs> Five minutes. And I want you to open it up, and I want you to be alone. And I want you to work the exercise in here. Here's why. There's some of you in this room that have never bowed a humble knee to God, and you're going along okay, but you're going in your own wisdom, and I'm telling you, God wants to get his hands on you. And there's some of you, you came on the wheel like me many years ago, and you felt the hand of God, but some of you need to humbly say, oh God, there's some areas in my life I've been hanging on to and I give them to you and I would ask you give the God of the universe a chance to do poemia in your life today make 2024 unbelievable 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 So we're going to light these candles right now, and we're going to sing a song. And folks, yeah, light them up, guys.
Now may the God who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, may that God get his hands on you. May you be the poemia. May you be his beautiful masterpiece, humbled, yielded in the potter's hands. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and he is here. We thank you for transcendent moments that go beyond earth. Get a hold of us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we head out of here, I have a few important announcements for us. By the way, my name is Ajit Christopher. You can blow the candles out. <laughs> One of the pastors here. So great to worship with you today. Um, next week, December 31st, we're going to have a special online-only service. So we're not going to be meeting here at this campus. We're not going to be meeting in person downtown. It's going to be at 10 a.m. online. 10 a.m. online. You could view it on Facebook, YouTube, and also our website. So let your friends and family who come to 180 Chicago know. So it's 10 a.m. online. Next up, as we kick off the new year, the first Sunday of the month, January 7th, we're going to move to one service here at the Elk Grove campus. So it's going to be one service in person. As long as we can. As long as we can at 10 a.m. And it's basically for a couple of reasons. One is we really wanted to uh, have time for fellowship and community right before and right after the service. And now is the time to do that, you know, even as we're growing as a church. And then also it gives us time to get the setup and everything going without us having to scramble before the 9.30 a.m. kickoff. So first Sunday of the month, January 7th, in person, one service at 10 a.m. The online service is going to be 10 a.m. We're also going to kick off a new series, and I'm really excited about that. It's called Dunamis, Four Essentials of a Power-Filled Life. And we're going to look at four key things from Scripture that's going to help us to be in step with the Spirit and help us to live a power-filled life in 2024. And you don't want to miss that. I don't want And we also... Yeah, tell them. Go ahead, tell them. We're going to have Erwin Lutzer joining us for one of those weeks. So it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, this next announcement is just for those who call 180 Chicago their home. If you'd love to give this morning, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Website, text, there's also an offering basket. And we've been, uh, we've been doing a, a year-end giving, a special giving uh, called the Arise Fund. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You guys have been so generous and you guys have been so faithful and all of this happens because of you and I want to thank you truly for that. Last up, don't head home just yet. There's a photo op booth right there. So just take some pictures, commune with friends and family, wish them a Merry Christmas and we'll see you online next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah.